0: So of all the things that can test us, test our attitude, test our resolve, test our words, test our expressions, even test our spiritual maturity, it is the test of time that is probably the fiercest test of all. Patience is a beast of a test. So if you would grab your Bible, turn to Galatians chapter 5, we're going to be continuing our work in A discussion on the Holy Spirit empowered and one specific way that we're looking at it right now is empowered by us displaying the fruit of the Spirit so you know let's just think about it losing our patience can cost us what do you think it can cost us I'm gonna give you a few things it can cost us our attitude you know it's amazing how quickly Our attitude can be hijacked by impatience. And if we think about it, you know, the complaining, the annoyance, the irritation, the frustration, the anger, the abruptness that just emanates from us, if we can be honest, impatience stinks. Like who really enjoys being around impatient people? it can cost us our attitude it can cost us money okay every head bowed every eye closed no one looking around have you ever tried to fix something and then got so impatient that you really needed to fix it after you were done or buy a new one come on we've all been there impatience can cost us money or maybe you got to get there quicker, so I have to break the speed limit. i I just got to be there sooner. And in doing so, it costs you a little bit of money that way, too. It can cost us our health. How often has impatience impacted our blood pressure, our body weight, our mental state with our health? And then think about this. It costs us our sleep. It costs us our sanity. Probably biggest of all, it costs us our testimony. You know, it costs us so much, and that's why I believe it is important for us. Before, in previous weeks, we talked about the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. We tackled all three in one. Today, we're just focusing on one. It's love, joy, peace, and then today's is patience. We're gonna do it because the reality is all of us need to work through the issue of patience and especially that of your pastor so let's focus on patience together and in fact how about we just um, stand together and we'll read the passage that comes up for the fruit of the spirit galatians 5 22 to 23 we went through the first three last week the fourth one is on our repertoire for today it's going to come up on the screen Galatians 5, 22 to 23. Let's say it together. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. Against such there is. Okay. You know we need this. I don't know what your life has been like this week or this morning. We all need patience and it needs to be a fruit that comes from us so let's get ready how about you have a seat let's work on it together you know we are not used to waiting in our society there's increased speed limits there's microwave ovens there's the digital world of the dvd that has made us all not have to wait. And in fact, you're just gonna give away the era you were born in when you finished this saying. You ready? If you lived in the day of the VCR, the saying was, please be kind and... Yes, so we're all, yeah, we've all been there. And now with a DVD, you don't even need to. With digital, you can just click it, I'm there. You know, we have drive through restaurants... We have drive-through pharmacies, we have online banking. Everything has been made so that you know you don't need to wait. You don't deserve to have to wait. You can have your needs met right now. That's our society. That's the pitch to you and to me in our world. And so that's why this issue of patience is such a big deal. There's this test, and we get it multiple times a day, every day of the week. And it's the test of time. It's the patience test. And that's when God puts it in our life, are we going to accept that he is the Lord, not just of our life, he is the Lord of our day, he is the Lord of our minute, And we need to be in this spot where we yield our expectations to him. And I know it's in those moments that we end up praying to him and we end up saying this famous prayer that we've all heard before, God, give me patience and please hurry. I need it now. Now, you know why patience is so hard? You're going to see it right in the definition of the word. In what we have read about in Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. This is what the word means in the original language that the Bible was written in the New Testament. Patience means specifically long passion. And so the idea is I am for a long period of time, I'm going to hold on to my passions means waiting sufficient time to, in order to avoid premature use of force, which could be retribution or retaliation, that rises out of improper action. Long passion. If you have the King James Version of the Bible this morning, you will see the word patience was translated in the King James Long suffering. I'm going to suffer for a long period of time. That's patience. That's patience. Here's what the word meant given to us in the Latin. In the Latin, the word literally means, patience literally means to suffer. And that's why we don't like it. Because it is, it eats at us, it gets under our skin. You know, we don't like to put up with things that aren't the way we want them or think they should be. And we love to let people know that. It's, it's just like Andre Dawson. He was um, a, a Chicago Cubs outfielder. And one day he got in an argument with the umpire, uh, Joe West. <clears throat> he was disputing a, a call <clears throat> about um, a strike. Joe West had called him out, and Andre Dawson just was arguing and arguing and arguing. And so um, finally, um, the, the Major League Baseball made Andre Dawson pay a $1,000 fine for arguing that strike call. And so Andre did it. He made out a check, the Major League Baseball, for $1,000. And then in the memo, he put, donation for the blind." Ooh, doesn't that make us feel good? Oh, I got the last word. And they had it coming. But that's not patience. Patience means there's going to be a long time from the incident or the issue to where I display something from my life that's retaliatory That, that gets them back, that lets people know that I'm angry or upset or I want something now. And I know we say, but that's hard. I mean, it's painful. That's right. It's patience. I want to give you two biblical examples of this word that we read in Galatians 5. To excellent biblical examples you can come up with a bunch the best example is jesus okay no better example than that we already celebrated that with the cross let me give you the other examples i'm going to give you two examples the first one is noah i'm not sure how familiar you are maybe with noah in the bible but noah it was the one that built the boat the large boat the ark the vessel that held he his family thousands of animals during this global flood So let's just talk about his life. And I don't know how well you're familiar with the chronology, but let me give it to you. When he was 480 years old, so this is before the flood, this is before our days of life expectancy went... So 480 years old, when God came to him and said, you are going to build an ark to take on your family and to take on all these animals to save the global society when I wipe out the entire world. He was 480 years old, so he said, I want you to build this ark, and I want you to tell everyone around that you need to enter the ark to be saved. So he's 480 years old. So when he's 500, uh, Noah has his first son, his first child. I know some of you are like, 500? I can't do that when I'm 35, let alone 500. 500? first child but things were different back then 480 god comes to him i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this flood build the ark tell everyone 500 has his first son 600 100 years after that flood comes so 120 years 120 years he's building the ark and he's also a preacher and he's telling his society god's going to destroy the world And you need to enter the ark. And so here for 120 years, he's building and he's preaching and saying everyone needs to enter the ark. Now let me just tell you, you may know it. You may already know the answer to this. He preached for 120 years. And besides his family, how many converts did he have in his ministry? How many? Zero. Zero. He preached for 120 years, and he had no one, no one respond to his preaching. Well, they did respond. They respond with mocking, with scoffing, with laughing. They took his reputation, and they absolutely drug it through the mud. He was the laughingstock of all society. But he continued to build the ark as God had said and then the flood came when he was 600. Now, how many days and nights did it rain? 40. And so oftentimes we have in our mind, okay, there's this 40-day flood. No, 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 no. Let me, let me fill you in. It did rain for 40 days and 40 nights, but when the time came where that ark was buoyant, where that boat was floating, and they sealed it in, it was five months afloat, on the water. And then it hit this mountain, the side of Mount Ararat, and there it lodged. And so after he hit ground and sat there, you think, oh, so then they all get off. No. He was five months afloat, and then after he lodged on the ground, still in the boat, he was another five months and one week. Total almost ten and a half months. From when he got in the boat shut the lid with just his family and a thousand animals some of you are saying that sounds like covid quarantine to me (laughs) can you imagine that we'd be going nuts 120 years and no converts and then you sit in a boat for 10 and a half months with the lid shut And when he gets off the boat, you wonder, what in the world is he going to do? Well, you know what he did? He, he got off the boat, and he went over, and he built an altar. And he made a sacrifice to the Lord, and he says, God, your name be praised for saving me, for saving my family, for saving the world. My friends, that's patience. That's crazy patience. Here's another one, Joseph. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this account in the Bible, but um, Joseph, when he was 17, He ended up having a dream given to him by God. This is Genesis 37 to 42. So he has this dream, and it's that he, of all of his brothers, is going to rise to be over them, and they would bow to him. Well, his brothers didn't take kindly to that. And so just to skip through the story quickly, his brothers ended up throwing him into a pit, and they were going to kill him. And then these merchants came by that were going to Egypt, so they decided, let's sell our brother into slavery. That's much nicer than killing him. So they did. They sold him to slavery. The merchants took him to Egypt, 240 miles away. So in that day, it was about 10 days of a merchant's travel to go from where they were to go to Egypt. Basically, he wasn't coming back, and he knew it. He was sold. And then when he got down to um, Egypt, <clears throat> The merchants sold him into slavery. Potiphar's home took him in. Potiphar's wife tried to sexually entice Joseph, and Joseph uh, pushed back against that. He didn't want anything to do with it, so she was upset. She ended up telling Potiphar lies. Potiphar had him thrown into prison. And then he was forgotten, and he laid in prison for years and years and years. And just to skip to the end of the story, this is what happened. So from 17 years old, when he had this dream from God that all of his family would bow down to him, from 17 years old all the way to the point where in prison he he interpreted the dream of Pharaoh, was brought to second in command, went through seven years of plenty, and then two years of famine, it was 22 years of absolute suffering and rejection for Joseph. 22 years. And we know it was that because look at, he had two sons. The first one's name was Manasseh. And here's what he said about Manasseh. He says, I'm going to call him Manasseh because God has made me forget All my trouble. He's talking about those 22 years. God made me forget all the trouble, all the problems, all the suffering. And he gave me a son. Then he had another son whose name was Ephraim. And he says, This is about Ephraim. He says, I'm going to name him Ephraim because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. He doesn't deny it was hard. He doesn't deny it was difficult. But he says, You know what? God has. Given me a way out 22 years of hellish suffering and rejection and hurt he knew there was a blessing that was coming he knew God would be faithful to his promises and he attributes his staying and patience to God's goodness and his promises so some people say they have this thought you know what People will think I'm spirit-filled, that I'm really spiritual if I can speak well up front. Or people will say, you know, they're going to think I'm spiritual if I can sing well. Or they're going to think I'm spiritual if I'm you know, involved in a ministry or if I teach or if I know a lot of scripture, I can wow them with that. And people are going to say, wow, they're so spiritual. I'm just here to declare today that we are spirit-filled we are led by the Spirit of God and not by our flesh, not by some intellectual prowess or speaking ability or singing ability, but we are led by God's Spirit and it's on display when people see the Spirit of God working in us through that of love, joy, peace. And today is what? It's patience. Patience is putting up with those who don't learn at our pace, those who aren't spiritually mature, those who don't share my preference, those that hold me up. Patience is when we endure with the pastor who preaches over. That's all hypothetical, obviously. You know, some people say, I think I can do it. I think I can grit my teeth, push forward and be patient. I'm not asking for that. In fact, you can't do it. It's not a work of the flesh. It's a work of the spirit. I'm I'm, going to give you these keys, and then I'm going to get down to some brass tacks with this. Here's the keys. A major key in developing patience in your life is this. Patient living believes God is in control. And if I can say he's not just in control of your life, he's in control even of your waiting. God has a purpose in the waiting. God's in control. Patient living not only understands God's in control, but patient uh, living yields our rights and expectations to God. I want it this way. I want it at this time. However, when it doesn't come that way, we yield. God must have a plan. He must have a purpose. And it's his will, not mine. So when I think of patience, I'm thinking of of two things. Number one, I was thinking uh, last week, my wife and I worked and we put in a garden, just worked the soil up and plopped some seeds down and then watered it. And uh, she does it so good because she has string uh, there that marks out the rows and she does her whole deal. So anyways, We did that and we put the seeds in and watered it and the next day we came out and she said jokingly, she says, what's going on? There's there's nothing come up yet. (laughs) You know, this patience. If our life is like a recipe book, we know that there's ingredients. We're making a cake. So, you know, you put in your flour, you put in your sugar, you put in your vanilla, you put in your eggs, you put in everything that you need. And so then you have a cake. No. You need two other things to make a cake. Temperature and what? You need time. Yeah, the temperature and the time. And I know if we're this these ingredients <clears throat> and we go in we say 375 degrees, that is too hot. Let's bring it down to 200. I could handle that. 45 minutes, are you kidding me? In that kind of heat? Let's go 15. That's a lot more manageable and and reasonable. But God's trying to create a product, and he knows the exact temperature that we need to be in, and he knows the exact timing that we need to be in it. And if we get the cake out before then, it's not the product that he's designed. So I I say this because we, we end up thinking, you know, but I want my life this way. I want it to be now. I deserve it better than what it is. I can't believe I have to put up with this stuff. But patience means, this is the foundation of it. Patience means I release my deadlines, I release my comforts, I release my preferences, I release my demands to God. And I humbly accept what he gives as exactly what's needed to make the product that he's intending to make. And I don't need to manipulate it. Okay. I preached to myself all week long with this. I've stepped on my toes all week long. And now it's the time where We all get to step on toes right now, so put your toes out there. Here we go. There's some signs that we need to deal with patience. I'm gonna give them to you. Sign number one, you need to deal deeper on patience. Oh boy. Your attitude reveals frustration, anger, retaliation, Because of a change in your expectations. Your attitude. My attitude. When things don't go our way, or in our time, here it comes. And I may bite my tongue. It never works, by the way. I may bite my tongue. Let me tell you, our face shows it. Our expressions show it. People know from our attitude. Here's number two. We may not say it, but we harbor wrong thoughts against God or against others for changing the timing of our expectations. So we may not say it out loud, but you know what? We are ticked. This didn't go the way I wanted or in my timing, and I feel a certain way toward God. I feel a certain way toward others and I harbor those thoughts up here here's number three in case if we missed any toes yet number three you drop hints verbally or non-verbally to manipulate the events and timing to your liking you drop hints I need to do something to turn this around And here comes my hint to make it change now. Here's number four. You long for control of your life rather than yielding control to God for his purpose. You long for control rather than yielding control. So I'm not gonna ask if you have something for which your life requires patience. We all do. And we all are dealing with that now, this week. And it may be your home, it may be your marriage, it may be your kids, it may be your job, it may be your church, it may be your neighbor. Whatever it is, we all have things for which God is working in our lives with the test of patience. The question is not if we're going to go through something, it's how will we handle what we're going through? What will be our attitude? What will we say? In what way will we treat others? How will we treat God? So just to get around this, <clears throat> some of us might be thinking right now, okay, I'm going to work harder. I'm going to work harder on patience. I'm going to try. Well, I'm not asking you to work harder today. I'm not asking you to try harder. Because flesh doesn't produce the Spirit. And when we think about works, remember we talked about it last week, when we think about works, we end up thinking you know, of striving, of effort, Of trying with all our might but fruit the fruit of the Spirit fruit isn't produced by work fruit is produced by connection being connected to the vine so I'm not asking you to work I'm asking you to connect to the vine because Jesus says you can't bear fruit unless you are connected to the vine to produce fruit it's not a matter of effort it's a matter of connection so how do we connect with jesus how do we connect with jesus it's two things and i want to give them to you as we conclude so how about you pop to your feet here they are how do you connect to jesus christ let's think about it we're going to pray about it number one is what we just talked about earlier it's the cross the first and primary connection is the cross of jesus christ where he was patient for us there is no connection to jesus unless we embrace the reality that he was beaten tortured for our sin for our wrong And that's the starting point. And maybe some here today need to begin there and say, Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I believe you paid for my sin when you died on the cross. I believe it. Forgive me and be the leader of my life from here forward. Maybe some of you, that's your prayer today, and that needs to happen. Here's the second connection. It's an everyday connection. Every day. It's through worship, not just in this building. It's through Bible connection, not just in this building. It's through prayer, and it's through relationship with other believers. So I'm going to say spend some time each day studying Scripture on patience. I was on the Bible app this week. There's about a dozen devotionals. Go on the Bible app, pull up a devotional, be in God's Word every day, and ingest this whole thought of what the Bible says about patience. And then connect with him through prayer. And a part of it is confession. Confess where we are with him. Confess that we need his help. And then connect. Not only in in the scriptures, connect in prayer, and then even connect with other believers. How neat to partner up with others who also are dealing with patients and say, you know what, let's do this thing together. You hold me accountable. I'll hold you accountable. Let's study. Let's read. Let's think about it. Let's, let's connect with Jesus to work through this personally. So There's two things we need to do. Confess and connect. Confess and connect. Connect to the vine. Can we just pray for a moment? Could you pray in your heart? Because this is something we all need. Maybe you need to confess to God. do it. Ask him for his help. Set a plan to connect with him on this specific topic and connect with others. I'm going to give you 20 seconds. Talk to God for a moment. Confess and connect. So Father in the name of Jesus the most patient one to ever grace the the earth we come to you we can't do this on our own we can't do this in our humanity and in our sinful flesh God we confess our weakness, our need our impatience and how it displays itself with our with our spouse, with our kids, with our coworkers, with fellow believers, we confess it. We forsake it. Help us to connect to Jesus every day. May the fruit of that life change our lives for our good, for your glory. And may we make a difference in all around that you're really changing us by your spirit. And we pray this together. And everyone says? Yeah, yeah, amen, amen. So today, be filled. And tomorrow, be filled. Connect. And today I even tested your patience. I went 10 minutes over. You passed the first test. Good job, people. Good job. I'm really proud of you. God bless your day. We'll see you in the foyer.